Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Ruben Alvarez. Ruben is the founder of The Marketing Hunters, an advertising agency working with B2B and B2C customers to grow their digital marketing and create dynamic and powerful brands. He is also the author of the book titled Brand Sharks, Unstoppable Strategies from Industry Leaders, which has been featured in Forbes and in other news outlets. Ruben is also a public speaker and has had his own TEDx talk on the importance of building hard skills to create long-lasting confidence. He understands the benefits of a distribution model and that retargeting will deliver a higher sales outcome. So marketing professional extraordinaire, I'm really excited to talk to you about this stuff and to just nerd out on some of these concepts. Ruben, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. You know, being the brand person, I feel like I need the accolades because that comes with branding. So I want to say that it's pretty much just like you said, it goes into the strategy of what you're doing. But thank you for having me on the show. This is a really good show. I've been really excited to be on here. Thank you so much for joining me. Ruben, can you please take a few moments and catch us up who you are and what makes you so amazing? Yeah, so just because a lot of the times we give the same story, right, on different shows. So I'll give the Cliff Notes version of the story and then uh, pretty much what makes us a little bit different and what we do when it comes to the marketing. So the story is I worked in manufacturing. I started about like, I think I was 21 years old and I thought I was going to make partner just because I had stayed there for so long. Nobody could like deal working with the business owner at the time. And after eight years of putting up with a lot of the stuff that he had as um, far as like his bad qualities, uh, he ends up selling the company. And so I don't end up making partner. It kind of derails me. And so I get a coach and we start this digital marketing company. And what I start realizing is that there's a lot of people willing to do social media marketing. And if you call it social media marketing and that's all you do and you just kind of create content and put out posts and there's not much thought behind it, it's going to be about $500 a month is what people are willing to pay. That's kind of like the threshold, right? They're not going to pay you any more than that. And even on top of that, there's people that are willing to do it for less. So you can't really build and scale a company with that much work involved for that price. So what we started doing is we started really looking at like, well, how can we differentiate? What are people really looking for? What's you know, the buzzword that people are going to start gravitating towards. And what we realized is that about three years ago, people were really starting to make this really big push onto branding. And so we really started to think, well, what is branding? How is it being used? Because obviously there's brand identity, there's a brand image, there's like brand trees, there's a lot of brand stuff that you can go into that's really corporate. But what is brand really looking like when it comes to social media and when it comes to people positioning themselves when it comes to all these different outlets that they have available nowadays. And so what we ended up doing is we started looking at how we can penetrate those little tiny markets or those little tiny avenues that people might be looking at. And so as the last three years have progressed, we've seen a lot of different 
avenues that have popped up. We've seen TikTok. And then from TikTok, it became short form video. We have a lot of things that um, Instagram has done like shops, there's the metaverse. And so there's all these different avenues that we've been looking at, not necessarily to exploit them, but to see how we can help people grow in those very particular ways that have become very interesting for your target market, right? So even though you might not want to be on Twitter, if everybody starts gravitating towards Twitter because Elon Musk has purchased it, how can we make sure that the people that we're helping benefit from that? And so that's pretty much the story of, of what we've done. We really look to identify these new avenues for people to grow. And that's how we've been able to grow successfully is because we've been first to market when it comes to these things, especially here in El Paso. Um, we're, we're from El Paso. This is where we're at right now. But we're able to target these things before anybody else so that that way we're able to grow and um, really benefit not only us, but also our customers. You know, I love that intro because basically what you're talking about, this is really a progression. It's a growth Mm -hmm. that you have done as you were leveling up and starting your journey. One of the things I've noticed about this industry is there is a lot of niching down, whether you're niching Mm -hmm. down into the type of clients, you know, some people do digital marketing only for dentists, right? Or others just do, you know, the functional stuff like we'll only do social media, we'll only do SEO, we'll only do paid ads, things like that. And I think from the outside looking in, you have clients that will come to you and maybe they don't realize what they need or what they know, right? So what happens is that they probably need a mixture of it. They need someone come in and not just and say, well, I'm not just going to run your paid ads because if you run just paid ads, if you send paid ads to a really crappy landing page, that's not going to help that much, right? Or if you have a bad website and your search and, you know, it doesn't show up on search engines, like who cares? Right. So you need to be able to offer this basket of services as opposed to, you know, really ninjing down. So I can appreciate, you know, how people will go about it. But my big question for you is when you started looking at the branding aspect, because branding really starts to bring in a a wider set of disciplines, right? Between the actual design, the copywriting that needs Mm -hmm. to happen, the actual strategy of what we're going to do when, how did you figure out that this was where you wanted to go and that this is where you can make a bigger impact? So the biggest thing with how we are able to maneuver very quickly is because I really look at patterns more than anything. And so if you're able to identify the pattern very early on, then you're able to benefit from it. And so the problem is, I don't know if you've seen this chart where it shows the adoption stages of people. And usually it's, it's talking about tech, right? And, and how we how fast we adopt uh, new tech, but there's like five stages. And the first two stages, you're able to really benefit from it. And then the last few stages, it's like, it's too late. And so like with, with TikTok, if you're within the first 30%, which is the two stages, then you'd be have like a million followers. But it's only 30% of us that are uh, these early adopters. And then the early, early adopters, which I guess they call like innovators, it's like 7%. So we really started looking at like, how can we become the 7%? Like if we really have anything that's out there that comes out immediately, how can we try to jump on it and really look at it in depth to see if it's going to stick around, if it's a trend and if we can even use it? Because we can say, hey, you know what, like, let's let's use this new platform. Uh, I think it was called like Vera and, and Gary Vee was all over and then it flunked and it died, right? So we don't want to be using those 
platforms if we know they're going to be a waste of time. And a lot of times we can see it, but we can also risk some of our time to go in on a platform that is new. Um, we did it with Clubhouse and we gained a lot of uh, followers from there. We got, you know, a, a really nice base of new people that we were able to meet, not looking necessarily for customers, but a lot of that brand awareness that eventually did turn into customers. So if you're able to look at um, how to become that early 7%, the innovators, when it comes to something new that comes out that might benefit you in the marketing world, I think that that's what most people have to do. You know, I love that explanation and I'm really glad that you pointed out something that a lot of people worship these gurus, right? The Gary V's of the world, right? They're going in, well, Gary V said to do it, then we have to go all in, right? The Gary V's been wrong a number of times, (laughs) right? I mean, no, I'm not trying to throw shade on the guy, right? But he doesn't have a perfect track record, right? So all because someone really popular says it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good fit or a good fit for you for that matter. Right. One of the things we're noticing now is Facebook usage and adoption is really going down. And there are a lot of contributing factors to that. You know, they're losing the younger markets. They're not seen as relevant anymore. If you want or need to be seen on Facebook, you really need to pay to play at this point. And Mm -hmm. really the last bastion of using Facebook on a free model is by using groups. But that probably has another one to two year half life before that also goes paid. And, you know, let's see where that goes. Right. And what's interesting is that just being able to track all this stuff, not only for your business, but for your clients, you know, you need to understand what platform is going to be a better hit for them. Send them to Twitter. Don't send them to Snapchat. They're not going to be invested in in creating content for those mediums, right? Yes. Yes. 100%. That's such a huge part of it because everybody, let's just do everything all at once. And you only, you're so limited on time or money, right? And if you do that, you're going to spend too much of one or the other. I love it. Thank you so much for articulating that. So I want to switch gears towards your one big tip. And this is more about putting some automation in place that can help not only you as a digital agency owner to help run your business, but to also help like your clients track their metrics and track what it is that they're, that the efforts that they're putting in, whether they're actually bearing fruit or not. And what happens is that since you have all of these different channels that are out there, and first of all, they're not really connected to each other, right? So we have to do some pretty fancy footwork in order to bring in those analytics and uh, cross-reference them in order to create a really, uh, you know, like a more comprehensive picture. Is this working or not? You know, is the money that I'm paying Ruben, is it making an impact on my business or is it not, right? Talk to me a little bit about how your team does this, puts it together, and then can ultimately bring a, bring an outcome for your clients. Yeah. So the interesting part of this tip is that it worked for us, but also when we moved to El Paso, we were talking to a lot of small business owners, but we've also talked to business owners that are making like 25 million. I think that that's the cap of, of the, the largest business owner we've talked to. And what we noticed is that a lot of them, one, didn't have a really great way to communicate with all of their employees. It was like text chats or they were trying to half use teams or like emails, but it was never really going anywhere. Um, They didn't have project management so that that way everybody could see where everybody was at. They didn't have automation so that that way things were just going out like emails or if somebody completed a task, it would just notify somebody right away. And so there was a lot of, time that was being spent verbally telling someone something and then it would go nowhere. And so what we started realizing is that most business owners 
are missing out on so many automations that would help them scale a lot faster. And so if you, if you look at the regular automations, you have things, you know, like Monday and HubSpot that would help you grow through your processes and that might help you grow through your sales channel. So that way you can track those metrics. And then you have automations such as um, being able to uh, mass post through different platforms, such as like like Hootsuite, which is one that we don't typically recommend, but you can still get away with it if you're trying to just get out mass brand awareness versus trying to remember to do it and then you forget, right? There's a time and place for everything, but most businesses, even the $25 million um, a year ones, they are not using these automations. And and it's it's come to a point in time where we have an automation basically for everything. You can automate almost everything. And that doesn't mean, um, and I'll go on top of that. So let's say you automate the email sequences, but then you never see them. You have to have somebody who's actually overlooking that process to make sure that just because you automated something, you're still getting a decent click-through rate that people are being answered to. We also see that the moment that they automate, they don't have a follow-up sequence in which somebody might actually call them or or, uh, interact with the person by actually reaching out to them, right? Um, Instagram has automations in which, and and again, you have to be really careful with these, right? But there's automations in which for every new feature that comes out, you can have something that will engage with that. And the newest feature that's out right now for people is that like button. Um, I guess you could call it a button, but a like button on people's stories. So there's a bot basically that will automatically like random people's stories which will bring the attention back to you. Now, whenever there's a new feature like that, you're able to get away with the bot. Don't go buying a bot for like features that haven't passed because Instagram hasn't caught on. But there's a lot of ways for you to grow in which you don't have to physically use your own time and you can use that time to actually grow your business. So with the marketing side, like I said, there's two, right? The email marketing one that you can very easily, I think that that's the one that everybody should be doing. There's text message marketing, um, which can send a daily reminder, especially if you're a business that provides a product, right? Like let's say coffee, um, you can be sending out 8 a.m. Um, messages to everybody with a coupon code or just reminding them of the new flavor of the day. And then obviously there's the Instagram ones, which the social media ones that, that are boss that do automations for you, just be very careful with them because you might get one or two strikes and then they might take away your account. But it's definitely worth looking into if you're trying to have massive growth with very limited time, especially if you're like a solopreneur or something like that. What is your favorite tool for automation? So I have two, right? Because uh, one of them is going to be the marketing one, right? And then the second one is going to be my regular every single day one. I really like having HubSpot for my business because it's able to automate the sales, the follow-up, um, well, like an initial sales email and then follow-up email within two or three days if you set it up that way. So that that way, if uh, if they did open it, then you can send one two or three days and then it'll have like a picture of me or like a picture of my team. And then it'll say like, hey, we missed you or something like that, right? And then it'll show us like pouting or something like that. So you can get really creative with, with your sales um, automation tools if you start thinking of it that way, right? Um, my favorite marketing automation even though it is a little taboo it is those automations that do menial tasks for you right so um before like two or three years ago you might have been able to get away with like a like on like one you can't do that anymore but this new one i really like so i look for those those um more risky automations for for social media growth because it does actually help you contact more people um when uh, i can't remember which one it was but there was one that came out a while back and I was using it and it got me in contact. What's his name? Dan, Dan Caldwell from uh, Tap Out. 
because I think it, it was meant to say it was supposed to respond to people's stories. And I just said, Hey, I like your story. And I didn't set a specific target. I was just trying it out. And so the moment I hit, I hit, um, you know, enter and it went within like two hours, I had him saying, Hey, thanks, man. Thank you for reaching out. Um, appreciate you saying that. And I was like, Hey man, this was when I had a podcast. I was like, do you want to be on my podcast? And he's like, for sure. So you're able to get really different results when you step a little bit outside, but you also have to have that caution, but it is my favorite. It really is my favorite. (laughs) One of the things that I find interesting about the automation software, especially the ones that automate a particular platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, things like that, is that first of all, those platforms, you know, they're really against it. I mean, it's against the terms of service pretty much, you know, blanket wise. But what happens is that, you know, if you do it conservatively enough, right, like you're not trying to hit a thousand people a day, set the thresholds really, really low so that you're not doing it, you know, make sure you're doing it very measured, right? Because what happens is that, you know, the, the short burst that you may get in terms of reach nine times out of 10 is not worth getting your account shut down over, right? You know, and that's really a risk. One of the things I find interesting about these platforms, especially when you and I go and sell these services, is that we could be the catalyst to get these accounts shut down, right? So, and if mm-hmm. we are the catalyst to get their account shut down and that happens, guess what? That's that's on us, right? And then, yeah. so those are the kind of things that you need to be really, really careful about. I've been realizing more and more that people have been asking us about, you know, should I buy followers? Should I buy likes? Should I do it for the branding, the credibility? And basically the reason that I bring up this automation is because I feel that there's a lot of stuff that us as marketers know of, and it's more or less to educate the people. Look, if you, if you want to buy followers and likes, we've told people millions of times, don't do it. And then they end up doing it, right? The realistic part is that Instagram has no consequence for you buying followers or likes but you're going to do it regardless of if you want to or not. The thing is that I think that as marketers, we need to tell people that these tools exist because if we don't tell them the realistic part of, Hey, look, there's this tool, it's risky and you could get your account shut down. They might do it regardless and then not know of it. Right. And so that's why I I bring it to light, not because I'm saying you should do it, but at least you should know that there is an upside. And like you said, if you set the threshold really low, a lot of the times it doesn't, it doesn't even pick it up, but it is out there. And if you're going to do it, just do it right. Or at least do it to the best of your ability because if you do it wrong, I'd, I'd hate for you not to know that you are putting yourself in jeopardy by getting it and then putting it at such a high threshold. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with you, you know, on that, because basically what we're talking about <laughs> here is we want to preserve, like we're doing this for the long term. I'm not in the business of getting, working with a client for three months and then saying goodbye, right? I mean, I want a long-term relationship. I want to grow with them and I want them to be my client for years, right? And the way yeah. you do that is by building up that trust and by being that protector to actually guide them. This is what you should be doing. And this is, yeah, you need to stay away from this. (laughs) You know, you really need to stay away from this part because it is risky and it can really make it happen. You know, make your account shut down. Let me ask you something. When you go and implement these tools, I was wondering if you can talk through very quickly about a, uh, like maybe a small case study where you did implement some of these processes in place and what kind of result were you able to get for them? Yeah, so on Facebook, this was probably about two years ago. We used an automation in which it would actually just like people's uh, people's posts 
And then from there, whenever it, uh, and this was all just in the automation. It was like one of the craziest ones we've seen, but the moment that it would do it, it would keep track of every single person it would do. And if they would comment or if anything would happen, it would alert the person. Right. And so then that person manually would have to go in there and like type out a message. It, It wouldn't let you do it because it was like saying that that's, the key to making it work, but they would type out a message and then they would start these conversations. And I think that, um, well on the result side, so basically they grew about 500 real actual friends before they called them followers, right? Cause now they, they convert into followers on Facebook, but they grew like 500 friends and it was real conversations they were having. And then every single time they would post, it would get like a hundred likes at the time on, on whatever they were posting just because it was real people that he was having these conversations with. And so I, I think at, at the core of every single automation, you really have to look at the metric of how many people are you truly engaging, not just open rates or click rates or anything, but how many people are you actually engaging because you can set up an automation for emails all day long, right? And it could be shown to people, they could click it, but if they're never actually talking with you, I don't think that you're actually getting the result that you want. I mean, you might get a, a quick sale, right? Every so often, but if you want that person to become an actual repeat customer, tell other people, I think that you really have to learn how to engage those people with the automation that you're using so that that way you see a longer result and just that one hit. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because really what we're talking about here is really being the advocate for our clients and to do the right thing and to help them grow. And, you know, once they grow, then it's just good vibes and makes things happen all the way around. So I really appreciate you talking about that. Ruben, can you please tell everyone where they can find you online and how can they reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Yeah, uh, the best way to reach out to me is through Instagram. That's my number one platform. You can always reach out to me by like LinkedIn um, or Facebook. But um, Instagram is the one that I typically spend about like 60 or 70% of my time versus the other two platforms, right? And um, if they want to learn more about me, obviously, there's the book, uh, Brand Sharks. And that one is more of a book that really talks about personal brands and growing and scaling. Um, it talks a lot about like guerrilla style marketing in which you have to really be out there like knocking on the doors, getting really creative for people to pay attention to you. Because I believe that that's what it really takes in the beginning when you're starting to create that brand you have to know how to get people to actually look your way and not just really shun you or say you're not worth my time so if they want to learn more about it, i think that that's a great uh, resource that they can pick up amazing ruben thank you so much for joining me today it's been a lot of fun i love nerding out on this stuff right especially with fellow digital yeah. marketers you always get a great charge out of it and you always learn something new so thank you for joining me today yeah absolutely thank you for having me on and i'm glad that we could have this really open and real conversation Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? 
The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.